I surrender. Let's open and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we come to your word today, that your word brings life, that your word brings hope. And so, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us this morning, that at the end of our time together, Lord, we would have found you, our Lord and our Savior, in a new and special way. Amen. Last week, Costa uh, Mitchell preached, and uh, I thought that was one of the most amazing sermons I've ever heard. And if you haven't watched it, my encouragement to you is to go back and, and, and watch it online. His title was that we need to pitch our tent in Hopeland. Where have you pitched your tent in this week? And in the lockdown sessions, I've been looking at this and looking quite intensely at, at the scripture from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. At the end of the day, we are called to have these four tent pegs, which he said. And the first tent peg, which he indicated, was that of the presence of God. And we need to know that the presence of God is with us every moment of the day. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And... Uh, Ultimately, uh, the hope that we have is because of His presence. Because we can call Him Abba, because we can call Him Dad, because we can call Him Father. In Psalm uh, 20, I was reading in the week, and it said, it said there, Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. And so, that's our key. The key is we trust in the Lord. We trust in Jesus. Jesus is our hope. We don't trust in governments and as we see what's happening around the world in our own nation, we see uh, kind of very little leadership happening at all. And uh, we don't trust in our big bank balances or our small bank balances or, or our ingenuity. We need to be trusting in the Lord. And so that was the first tent peg that Costa mentioned. The second tent peg was we need to put our, our, our roots firmly in uh, the love of God. And that's if we know that the creator of the universe loves you and I, then that is an amazing thing. And the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And the love of God never disappoints us. And because we are loved, we have a hope. We have a future. The third tent peg that he looked at was the Word of God. And uh, we need to let the Word of God richly dwell in our hearts as against all the other voices that are speaking into us at this time. Because as we let the Word of God dwell in our hearts, we uh, find life, we find health. And in Proverbs 4, I think about verse 24, that's the indication that as we... As we are attentive to the word as we listen to it and as we meditate on it and as we put it into practice and we appropriate the promises of God for our lives, the result is life, abundant life, and also health. So one of the prescriptions in this time of viruses is spending time in the word. 
And the final tent peg he looked at was the tent peg of the sovereignty of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, my plans I have for you are to give you a future and a hope. Remember that scripture was spoken to the Israelites when they were in exile. They were in Babylon and they, they were, they were uh, under the whip. They weren't where they wanted to be. And so the word of the Lord comes and says and brings hope. So it's the sovereignty of God. God's got it. God knows the beginning from the end. In fact, Jesus is known as the Alpha and the Omega, and He's everything in between. He's He's in it in it all all the time. And so we need to rest and relax in that. So that's just a quick summary of last week's preach. And uh, yeah, it's just it was such a beautiful one. And I just thank you, Costa, for your ministry to us uh, last week. So I want to tell you a story today. And it's a story of, of my life. It's a story of stuff that happens. Uh, maybe we can go back a couple of weeks. We can go back uh, to uh, the wedding, to, to last Saturday. And when we see uh, the, a beautiful wedding happening. And, and, and if, as, as we enjoyed the, the Anthony and Simone becoming husband and wife. And it was a beautiful thing. There was lightning and thunder. There was... Uh, rain was pouring, and uh, it wasn't initially where we'd hoped it would be. But God was in it, and God was there, and there was a great blessing. It was a great blessing, and so sometimes we we panic and we wonder what uh, is going wrong, and we and we and we think, Lord, where are you? But in that, in that, in that downpour, in that thing, they got married. And uh, what a great uh, adventure that was. So the next story I want to tell you is a story of our dogs. I know there are many people here who love their animals and love their pets. And Cinnabon and, and Bree in our household have uh, the prime spot, the prime seats. Uh, they are treated like royalty. One of the things since the 1st of June, I've been uh, going on walks. Every day I take them on a walk and it's usually around about four to five kilometers. And it's, uh, and, and, and it's just wonderful. I, I, as I'm walking in the streets, I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying blessings on the homes that I walk past. And it's, so it's, it's, it's a real beautiful time. On this particular day, as I was walking up quite a steep hill... And it is like we were, we're like two and a half, three kilometers away from our house. Uh, one of the gates was opened. And uh, as we walked past, their two dogs came charging out of us, barking and, and, and came and attacked us. And there was pandemonium and screaming and shouting and yelping. And it was just a, a, a dog fight. And, the, and the, the one dog, which was quite a solid, strong dog, had uh, Cinnabon by the by the throat, and 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 I managed to kick her, kick the dog off. And in the process of all this happening, Cinnabon breaks free from her lead, pulls out of her lead, and now is starting to run. A neighbour comes and helps. It's wonderful to see the neighbourhood just coming and rallying around. And he took uh, a Brie to the. Uh, 
to his house and protected her and, and, and she was safe. And I was running after Cinnabon trying to catch her. There you can hear them in the background barking. They, they're part of, this, part of this preach. So now I'm running up the, up the road trying to chase her. And um, she's 40, 50 meters ahead of me. And I shout to her. I shout, Cinnabon, come, 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 Cinnabon. And she turns around and she looks at me and just keeps on going. And uh, I'm too tired now, so I just have to start to walk. And then the, 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 the guy that had Bree came in his car and we started driving around and we started looking, uh, looking for her. And uh, he took, us, took me home and we, got, we had two cars and uh, now we were looking around the, around the streets. I'm going to let uh, Mila just take the story on from, from here. Hi everybody. Look at where I am. We hung beautiful lights off our trees for the wedding. The wedding was so beautiful. So I'll carry on the story. So Ellen and I were driving around looking for Cinnabon. She was nowhere to be found. We started getting WhatsApp messages uh, telling us that she was running up this road and running down that road. And uh, Melissa Schreiber got involved, who is amazing with dogs. And thank you, Melissa, for stopping your life to help us in our story. And Melissa just said to me, Mila, and you just want to phone Hillcrest Vet. Just go home and phone Hillcrest Vet or the SPCA. So I phoned Hillcrest Vet and, um, and I said to them, Golden Cocker Spaniel. And they said, yes, ma'am, phone Wendy on this number. God bless Wendy. Wendy um, followed Cinnabon and uh, picked her up just off the, inter the, the intersection of Inanda Road and Hilltop Road. She crossed Inanda Road. That is such a busy road if you know the area. And uh, she, she just got out of her car, Wendy did, and just called Cinnabon and said, come on. And Cinnabon stopped, turned around and got into her car. Thank you, Lord, for small mercies. So I phoned Wendy and we arranged to meet. And uh, there I am standing at her um, boot of her Toyota Fortuna. And um, we open the boot and Cinnabon is a wreck inside that boot. She's found a hole kind of just under the back seat and she's not coming out for anyone. She is done. She is shaking like a leaf. You know the cartoons with the wild, worry eyes? She is seeing, but she's not seeing. She, she is done. She is consumed with fear, with anxiety. She has no clue who we are. She's looking at me and she cannot see me. She doesn't know who Wendy is. She doesn't know where she is. And she doesn't know where we are. I leaned into the boot and I said, Cinnabon. And something came over her eyes. In that moment, as I said her name, light came into her eyes, life, recognition. She knew exactly who I was. And she, with very, very hesitatingly, with shaking paws, one paw up at a time, she, she came forward to me and I just picked her up and kissed her everywhere and just loved her. But I want you to go with me for a moment to uh, the garden with Mary Magdalene. She's been looking for Jesus. He's not in the tomb. She has no clue where her Lord is. And she sees 
a man in the garden who is Jesus, but she mistakes him for the gardener. She, what, what space was Mary in in that moment? She was overcome like Cinnabon was, but way worse, with fear, with confusion, with anxiety. Um, have you seen my Jesus? What have you done with him? And she's seeing him, but she's not seeing him. And in the middle of her trauma, he says to her, Mary. And in that moment, she knows exactly who he is. So this story of Mary Magdalene uh, being called by Jesus is uh, from John chapter 20, reading from verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped down to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Isn't that an amazing, amazing story? Here we see um, Mary distraught. She had been at the cross. She had helped prepare the body. And now she was coming back on the next day to... Uh, continue the preparation of the of the body to put some more spices on and when she arrived at the tomb there was no body that was would have been devastating for her she would have thought that some grave thieves in the night had come and stolen her her lord and her savior she was devoted she loved jesus with her everything she had been forgiven she had been set free and now she was devastated and so she's weeping at the at the cross and um she doesn't recognize jesus when she turns around and she sees jesus standing there she doesn't recognize him and there are many thoughts as to why um she didn't recognize him it was early early in the morning it was still in the, the that last watch of the night it would have might have been a bit gray that maybe the sun hadn't quite got up uh maybe jesus's appearance was slightly different in his in his resurrection body and then there would also be in the tears which would have confused her and uh she would have uh, uh been not able to see as well as she should also, the last thing she would have been expecting was to be him to be standing. Because she had seen him. He was dead. He was in the tomb. 
And so she was not expecting him to be alive. I mean, she's like in this stage, she's talking to him. And she says, you know, if you've, uh, if you've taken him somewhere, why don't you give him to me? She, she wants to carry Jesus. And, and I don't know how she thought she was going to carry uh, this, heavy, this heavy weight of a man. Often I think uh, when we love someone, we will do amazing things. And somebody has said, love feels no load. And so we hear the words of Jesus saying, Mary. Jesus didn't reveal himself to Mary by telling him who he was. But telling her who she was to him. And so he says this word, this word Mary, with love, with affection. It was something which he had, he, had, he had said to her before. She would have heard many people call her Mary in the past. But this one, this one Jesus, who loved her, said Mary in a, in a way which opened her eyes. Never was a one-word utterance more charged with emotion than this. Spurgeon has said, Jesus can preach a perfect sermon in one word. In one word. In one word spoken with affection. In one word spoken with love. In one word calling out the name Mary. Mary knowing that, that her Lord and Savior knew her name. And isn't that a wonderful thought for you and I, that the, that the creator of the heavens and the universe knows us by name. He knows every hair on our head. He, he, he knows us. He knows us intimately. And He loves us. And because of that, we can have hope. What you and I need today is we need not just a word from heaven, not just a word from the scriptures. And those are all wonderful. And I remember when we went to, uh, to Bethel and we were prophesied over. And it was about a dog. And so it was about our, about our dear floppy who had died. And, 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 the, and the chap started that and he picked us out. In a crowd of 900, he, he picked us out and, he, and, and he, he got our names. And he knew our dog. And it's that intimacy thing. It was, for me, the prophetic words that, that get spoken into our lives. Yeah, they, they're lovely and they give us a direction, a bit of uh, a, a hope. But, but ultimately, what that word did for me, it, it, it just, my God knows me. He knows every detail of my life. And so you and I need a word from heaven in the time in which we live. In the disappointment which many of you are experiencing, in the, in, in the pain, in the uncertainty, in the battle which is fierce and rages, in the tribulation and the suffering. We need a word from our Savior. And that word, all the word needs to be, is Him calling out our name in, in, with, with affection and with love. And so today, I want to say to you that the Lord is calling your name. He's calling your name Pumi. He's calling your name Zalani. He's calling your name Gareth. He's calling your name Anne. And he loves you. And it's, it, it comes with, with his presence.
And so we have this wonderful principle here that Jesus unfolds. And the principle is that we are known by name. Mary knew Jesus. She had been set free by him. Seven demons had been cast out of her. And she followed Jesus. She followed Jesus and, and served and, and helped and was part of, 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 the, of the disciples, part of the, of the band of followers of Jesus, of Jesus. And she was there right at the end. She watched him die on the cross. She was devoted to him. And here in the story, she had lost him. He had, he, had, he had died, he had gone. And he comes tenderly to her and says, Woman, why are you crying? And he calls her Mary. He meets her in her need. Her need of a savior, her need of Jesus. And Jesus always meets us where we are. He meets Thomas where he is. Thomas is, is doubting and not sure about this thing called the resurrection. And he says, unless I see him with my own eyes and I put my hands in his, in his wounds, I won't believe. And Jesus meets him there. And so Jesus meets you and I today. And so come to him. Come to him. Look to, look to him. Find him. Because he's there for you today. And let him say those beautiful words. Let him call you by name. May you know today that you are loved. That you are special. That you are his beloved son or daughter. As Jesus was when the father said from heaven when he was being baptized, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased with. Let those words ring out to you today that the Lord is, the Lord loves you and he's done it all for you. His death on the cross has brought you life and brought you hope. Just one final scripture, scripture of encouragement. John chapter 10 verse 2 to 5. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He's the good shepherd. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they don't know his voice. So the voice of God, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice as he calls you. As Cinnabon was running away, terrified, scared, I called out to her. She turned and looked, but she kept on going. She kept on running because she was terrified. If she had turned back to me, uh, she would have found the arms of safety, the arms of protection, the arms of love. So when you hear the voice of God calling you, calling your name, run to Him, turn to Him, and uh, there will be that wonderful reunion, that amazing reunion 
as the prodigal son returned home and ran towards his dad. And his dad ran towards him. And there was this beautiful, beautiful union. This beautiful reunion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us. Calling us. May we hear the voice of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of hope. That when we are discombobulated and we are panicking and we are fearful, you are there for us. And we rejoice in that. We rejoice in the fact that you never leave us nor forsake us. When you call us, everything is okay. Everything is fine. When you are with us and help us to be aware of your presence day by day, moment by moment, may we listen to your voice. Amen.